Welcome to season four of the Do More Good podcast. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. The Do More Good podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good podcast. Do more good. Do good, do more. Do more good podcast. Do more good podcast. That's what you want me to say. Yeah. Okay. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. Live from a cafe in central London, this is your 14th favourite social good show, the Do More Good Podcast. Always room for improvement, Jimbo. Here we are, James, episode number 48 of the Do More Good Podcast. How are you doing? Kenneth, I'm well. I'm very well. Here we are, chapter 72, down on Bermondsey Street. Felt like we should do a bit of a shout out to Rod and the team who've been looking after us for the last few episodes. Absolutely. Best espresso martini in town, right? Well, I mean, you've, you have had four of them, James. <laughs> I'm not surprised you. <laughs> I mean, and the fourth was the best one. Let's go for five. Yeah, that's yeah. what it says on the wall behind our guest at the moment. Wakes you up, then something you up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, something like that. But, yeah, do check out this place. Yeah. Chapter 72, Bermondsey Street. But when you're not um, downing non-alcoholic drinks, as you are maintaining oh, throughout the whole month, yes. what have you been up to? I know, I'm nearly there. Just a couple more days, Saturday and then the end of dry January for 2020. Um, yeah, been pretty boring, you know, sitting at home, <laughs> not doing much. The usual. <laughs> the usual. Yeah. No, I've been trying, getting out and about, still playing football. St- yeah. Survived week scored three. It, scored a goal yet? Oh, scored a couple of goals. Can't really tell you about them. I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah, getting through my early year wobble. Looking forward to February. Yeah. You know, it's getting a bit warmer. Yeah. Hopefully that's good signs, although I'm sure the snow and the frost and everything's going to come soon, right? Well, Big Half is coming up, isn't it, for you guys? Big Half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working towards that at work. So that's uh, coming up at the start of March. So kind of a lot going on there. And then looking forward to seeing you on uh, Monday at the IOF I know. event fundraisers How about conference. This? Yeah, we're, we're both on the bill, aren't we, at the same conference. What are you talking about? Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trusted with an opinion, oh, okay. so I am merely chairing a panel <laughs> about various, various issues in the ev- events world. Okay, so that'd be good. But I can't hang around for your one, oh, which is oh mate, the highlight, oh, the headliner well, at the end of the day. That. A panel discussion on sustainability, mm. which should be quite interesting. Yeah, but I hear yeah. they've had a, a spike in registration well, since your yeah. your all, mug went up on the website. So, yeah, very good. But, uh, well, you're not the only one, is it? We're signed up for oh, for another one in the summer. We should talk about that, shouldn't we? we yeah, should. yeah. Thanks to Simon and Nikki who contacted us this week and said, "Will you record a video for the fundraising everywhere summer?" Party, party, I think, yeah. festival. I, I basically saw the word party. party said, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to do that, aren't we? Well, d- two faces for radio, and we're going to be on a screen near you. So yeah, look out That's for that. That's a little bit scary. Mm. Should be fun. So should we crack on with this week's episode? Let's do that. Okay. So our guest this week has worked within the sector for over twenty years, and she has worked across a number of charities, including World Jewish Relief, Chai Cancer Care, Asthma UK, Friends of the Earth, Age UK, British Red Cross, and now Battersea. With a background in individual giving, she's also worked on and covered the majority of fundraising disciplines, so she's got lots of experience. And then in 2019, she embarked on a bit of a personal journey, which we were really interested in, to really look at coaching and decided to actually study for a diploma in transformational coaching. And she's since set up her own practice, working with a wide range of clients, both in and outside of the fundraising sector. She's really focused on helping 
fundraising leaders and people who are working within fundraising to really achieve their goals, overcome challenges by exploring some of their limiting beliefs and, and really challenging perceptions through the coaching. So she reached out to us directly. And as it's a subject in terms of coaching that we're both really interested in, we thought we'd invite her along to share her insight into the world of coaching and running a second career. So we'd like to welcome Jo Stone to the Do More Good podcast. Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for racing over here. I know it's been a little bit of a trek and it's yeah. um, it's busy on a, what day are we on? Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday night? Yeah. But we're here. Don't lose a day. I know. Yeah. And, and as you turned up, you explained that you had to mix it with the plebs this evening. So you had to catch the train up to see us, whereas <laughs> usually you're on your Harley. Uh, not quite a Harley, a Yamaha, but yeah. Usually yeah. I'm motorbiking across London. How is motorbiking across London it's commuting? It's okay. Is so it? this, my journey now is quite nice through the parks and stuff. Okay. I, at Red Cross in Moorgate, yep. really aggressive, horrible. Really? Yeah, I used to get to work and be all like... Aggressive <laughs> now. So how, how many days a week do you do you get on the bike? Every day. Every day. But I must admit, over the over December, I was kind of a bit... Yeah, uh, public transport. I think we're all yeah. a bit like that, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. cold. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Joe, thank you so much for, for your time and for coming along. I guess what we'd like to do on the Do More Good podcast is obviously share people's journeys and their stories that's got them to, to, to where they are today. Obviously, you've been across quite a few different charities. Do you mind kind of starting at the beginning? What was it that first got you into the sector and how, how, how did that whole journey start for you? My first proper jobs just happened to be in a charity, quite a small charity, Wild Jewish Relief at the time, it's got bigger. So it allowed me to dip my hand in lots of different pots and got to do marketing and, and lots of other stuff as well. I was actually, at the time when I started there, PA to the chief executive, but it's the kind of place where you get to end up just doing all sorts. And then just moved from there, my chief executive moved and got me a marketing role in the next charity high cancer care and then I wanted to really get into the bigger charities so Mm -hmm. went to asthma UK and just kind of seemed to move on from there and always sort of onwards and upwards and have a really varied background in terms of the different types of charities different size organizations has it been quite a direct kind of ladder to where you are now it's always followed that same sort of hundred percent yeah so I've always which is interesting for what we're here to talk about because Mm. up until I'm 41 up until last year I think quite a lot of us just have this linear path you kind of do what you know go to school might go to university get Mm. the job so always I've just been on a trajectory for director of fundraising and kind of never even looked outside of it yeah briefly did a stint in the commercial sector worked for the white company Mm. um oh nice towels beautiful (laughs) beautiful i've got a very white company house now because a good discount but that was interesting i did a year there and then went back i did contracting went to red cross and within one day of stepping through a charity door was like this is this is my tribe i'm home again never stepping out of this world again it's totally different really what was it what were the main differences that you 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 noticed or what was it it's the culture Culture. and the people i don't i was in it's fashion retail so they're quite sort of I don't know, it's just quite bitchy and quite competitive, whereas uh-huh. charities, just everyone's so open and accepting. Je- I've worked at so many, and every team I've ever worked in is just full of... And it's not that charity people are, you know, do-gooders. It's just we're just, I don't know, we just attract a very very open and just very welcoming people in the charity yeah. sector. It's just much nicer. Yeah. So you say that you've always been on this ladder towards where you want to get to. Was that... Whilst you were at school, university, did you always, did you always want to be a, involved in fundraising in no. some way? Or I always think you need to 
do a degree to find out what you don't want to do. So I did a degree in politics, I guess, 20 years ago. I came out not having a clue what I wanted to do and, and just just stumbled across it in my career and just stuck within the sector and and hopefully I'm quite good at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're after a career where people are nice to each other, probably politics uh, isn't the way yeah, no. to, to go. I'm not yeah. sure where I thought that was going to take me, well, but I liked well, politics, yeah, so yeah. I did it. Yeah. And so what's, this, what's some of the things that you, what's some of the lessons you've learned along the way? I mean, now you know you're head of public fundraising at Batsy. Battersea. What, what's some of those things that you've picked up? Can you just touch on those? From a personal perspective, I think one of the most amazing things that I've learned in my current role now it's that I've worked in so many charities mm. and it's the only one where I will come to life talking to you. And maybe it's because maybe I love animals more than humans. Don't know. But it, the animals are on site. We have dogs in our office and, it's, and it really moves me and it moves us when they get homes or when you see them progress from being a really damaged or, or nervous animal yeah. or, or shy animal to be, being this beautiful, outgoing, lovely animal. Adopted my own dog six months ago. But... To me, it's taught me how important it is. It's such a privilege to feel genuinely lit up by where I work and what I do, Mm. Um, more so than I ever have before. From a working life perspective, I think my journey is no different to other people's, which is where coaching is really beautiful because the things I'm coaching people on are all the things that we all have experienced in work life. So whether that's not knowing what, where you want to go next yep. or knowing where you want to go but don't know how to get there or not having the confidence, working with challenging people or challenging line managers, moving up into suddenly a senior role and having way more responsibility or loads of line reports. Yeah. Or have, you, have you always felt confident going into the next job? And I'm guessing that's a no, the, 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 the moves that you've had no, I taking think on I the have. next job. You've, oh, okay. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it, it's probably more... <coughs> ignorance than confidence but but yeah this is the moment to move this is the way to go always i'm happy to take that jump and yeah i think i can do that there's been points for different reasons where i might where my self-confidence might dip but in general most my career i've I, I never would go for a job where I feel I've got to blag it in an interview. So if I go to an interview, I'm comfortable because I'm just talking about myself and my experience. And if you get the job, it means that you're, you've got the right skills yeah. and you're the right person. So there's always like the anxiety of not knowing people and just settling in somewhere new, but not, not so much in the actual job itself. Like Battersea's a really big job. So head of public fundraising covers... Individual giving, so that's regular giving, yeah. direct marketing, uh, legacy marketing, yeah. challenge and events, yeah. innovation and products, supported <coughs> services, and the data team. So that's been a big, to open my bandwidth that much yeah. from sort of being IG focused to now a whole yeah. load of different teams all doing it. That, that's a very big change. And not mm. necessarily being an expert in all of those different fields Absolutely. and yet allowing people to... I, yeah. just know, I just noticed when you talked about blagging a job interview there that James over there twitched a little bit like he'd... Uh, <laughs> yeah. he'd got a bit of a <laughs> so many, all of like, basically all of that, that didn't <laughs> resonate in any way. twitch there yeah. for yeah. you, Jimbo, yeah. Exactly, wasn't of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you've been interviewing today, if you're not. <laughs> not yet, so we've been, I've been interviewing oh, no, no, not interviewing for an exclusive on the Do More Good podcast. No, you've been interviewing for somebody to join your team. Yes, all day long I've been interviewing. Anyone blagging? 
No, I don't think so. No. no. Right. no. How do you spot a blagger in an interview? There's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> Look out for me. I think <laughs> <laughs> lots of words and lots of waffle. Lots of words Empty and lots words. of waffle. That yeah. kind of describes the Do More Good podcast yeah. pretty <laughs> well there, actually, doesn't it? On. You pretty nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So whilst Kenneth is off getting the drinks in, I'll just remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Do More Good Pod, or take a look at the website domoregood.uk, which is where you can sign up for the Do More Good newsletter. A reminder about new episodes, news on our latest plans, and perhaps some VIP content. Now, I'm a big fan of the like, whereas Kenneth is more of a retweet kind of guy. Either way, we'd love to hear from you with thoughts, suggestions, reviews, or just to let us know you got home okay. Anyway. He's on his way back now. So obviously, as you say, you've been through a number of different charities. You've, you've kind of followed that linear career mm. path. But you've hit a point where you've thought, maybe this isn't the path that I want my future to be. And decided to maybe take a little bit of a, a right turn at a point and, and try, maybe even a step backwards, some would say, in, in terms of trying something else. How did that decision to manifest itself so it's kind of it's come quite organically and i and i haven't yet take said it's a different path i feel like it's a tree and it's a branch off my tree so it, m- about four or five years ago mm. i got a life coach uh, it was for wasn't feeling confident wasn't getting job interviews and and that wasn't like me because i'm normally quite confident yeah. then at the same time my husband very kindly left me so our, my life coaching began to focus on that really heavily but that show it was just absolutely transformational and fantastic and then i just carried on through my work career where i'm obviously line managing senior managers now i think in total there's about 45 people not reporting directly into me thank goodness so that's just a natural part of what I do and what I enjoy Mm. and then I just started to look into would I would I enjoy this and I'm quite spontaneous let's say like motorbike decided it in a week and got a license (laughs) and I kind of I went to a a coaching thing for one day and was like yep nope can do that signed up for a diploma yeah 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 You're amongst another tribe of spontaneous. <laughs> here, sure. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. Yeah. Uh, I read this one, one good. episode of Podcasters Weekly. And <laughs> exactly, that's <laughs> yeah, what I would I do. Yep, I'd buy all the kit. And I saw then a set tweet, up. that was it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's literally kind of how I do yeah. stuff. So, yeah, so I just started this course. It's a diploma, it's a year long. I've finished it now, just need to submit my mm. coursework. <laughs> but it, that has been incredible. And I didn't start it with a view to being a coach. Yeah. I just kind of started it because I wanted to. And then I don't know if it's that I feel like the working world's different now, that mm. it's much more people have, what do they call it? A portfolio career where they do more yes. than one thing. And it's much more common to find people who might do a three-day week and do something else in their own time. Yeah. And so suddenly the linear thing wasn't the only option I had to go for. Mm. And my boss has been incredibly supportive. And, and the coaching, I fought it into Batsy. Well, I was going to say, they're all transferable skills. Like you saying you were doing that with... 450 people in your team <laughs> and th- you're kind of learning and developing that through your coaching and, yeah. it, and it works both ways doesn't um, it it's it's absolutely i would say the last year's transformed how i work with my line reports directly how they work with their line reports how i interact with other teams or mm. personalities because it just offers a beautifully 
a, so before a new we skill do the, set. the positive side of that, were there things that you realised that you were doing before that were kind of identified through coaching and you thought, oh, I shouldn't be doing um, X, Y, Z? Not so much as shouldn't, but I would say I was always aware that I wasn't the best active listener. So mm. you'll be talking and I'll be thinking of my own response whilst mm. you're talking. Mm. And I can interrupt people and, and I can also dominate a meeting room. And I was aware of all that stuff. But in order to be a coach and to facilitate a really great coaching session, you have got to basically switch your brain off and be completely neutral. It doesn't matter if you're thinking in your head, I know what they should do, because mm. you don't know what they should do. They know what they should do. And it took half, it took a good few months into the course before that kind of started to become natural. So that's a massive difference to be able to genuinely sit and listen to someone and hear what they're saying and help them get to the root of yeah. either what they're trying to say or what a problem is or what the solution is. I just wanted to pick up on, a, on something you said. So that you, obviously you went into to coaching spontaneously, but because <laughs> of your own experience working with a, with a life coach and you mm. described it as transformational, you yeah. said at that time. I think it'd be useful for people that may be listening that have maybe heard of coaching but not really aware of the impact. Could you just talk a little bit more about what was transformational about it? Can you pinpoint down to maybe sure. a couple of things? I think one thing to clarify, whenever I'm speaking to new clients, the first thing I'll ask is, what do you know about coaching? Mm. And they always, nine times out of ten, think it's mentoring and giving advice, yeah. which is categorically not. Yeah. It's the reverse of that. What coaching does as a coach, the way I say it in my own dialogue is we all have inner dialogue and our inner dialogue can hold us back or just stress us out or feel overwhelming. And coaching provides a really safe, confidential, structured space where I can help you get that inner dialogue out and give it some structure and clarity and sometimes shift perception on something that was going around or, or holding you back. The transformational bit, so I'm specifically training in transformational coaching, is it goes it can go quite deep. We like we all have limiting beliefs. Everyone's experience from the day you're born to today gives us all an individual mind map of the world. So I react we might have the exact same thing happen to us but all perceive it completely differently mm. and emotionally respond to it differently. And it's amazing when you can open someone's eyes to that and mm. they can observe it in themselves or try and observe it in someone else and it can help them just perceive a difficult situation just in a much more neutral and constructive way mm. and find the steps forward to it. That makes sense. So you've been on this year-long journey of, of, of coaching. Who, where have you done the, the course with, if you don't mind me asking? if it's No, no, it's amazing. So it's called Animas Coaching. Okay. It's five modules roughly every month a week it's a weekend they do it on and then there's tons of stuff in between like lots of online stuff you have mm. to do 40 hours of coaching sessions um you have to be coached you have a mentor you can do like join online coaching circles sort yeah. of things that so they offer a lot and they offer it even past qualification and each module is the first one's the basics of coaching, but then from then on, it's about there's one on cognitive behavior in coaching. There's one on um, silence, like a whole weekend on being present and silence, which is what <coughs> I was talking about before of not 
letting you just could do with one of them in my yeah. house <laughs> really hard yeah i bet yeah. silence is really uncomfortable but really mm. powerful because mm. people will just keep going and keep yeah. coming out but not if you talk over them and one about personal paradigms which is fascinating and how we use metaphors which is amazing like a whole thing on if you said to me i feel like i'm stuck on a hamster wheel mm. and i started to ask you well what does that hamster wheel look like to you? To me, mm. I might already have in my head, oh, he's running really fast on a hamster wheel and he can't get off. To you, it might be, it's this huge wheel, it's really slow, I just can't make my steps on it. We just have such different perceptions of... Yeah, the, that of makes sense. Mm. Wh- how you view the thing you're talking about. So I mustn't assume I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was thinking of a travelator like in Gladiators in the early right, 90s. Right, tra- exactly, you know, that, see? Like, Uphill right, like that. Right, 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 right. As fast as With Wolf. Right. Wolf, Wolf chasing Wolf. you. <laughs> chasing you behind. Yeah. What happened to Wolf? Growling. Yeah. Like he was scared. Oh, I was scared. Yeah, you see, scared. I would have had Jet at the top welcoming well, you, right? Well, well, see? Well, well. <laughs> there we go. It's a completely <laughs> different dream. That one. <laughs> yeah. I say I've got a story about Jet, but we'll, uh, we'll oh. leave that one there. Okay, I'm <laughs> de- we're, definitely, we're definitely coming back to that one. Um, so you're doing 40 hours of coaching, do you say? I've done it. I finished last week. I did my so 40th. And who were you coaching in that? So a lot of practice clients. So having um, luckily worked at so many places, I'm yeah. still in contact with a lot of my old colleagues. Your network's pretty strong. Yeah, right? and yeah. and so some of them have yeah. come to me for coaching. Yeah. I've got a handful of paid clients, which is fantastic, and that came through LinkedIn. And have there been any reoccurring themes from from within that world? Are there things that you notice in every session? Yes, and I, I don't think they're limited to fundraising. And, I, and I've been coaching, I've coached people at, at quite a junior level mm. to people at a director level. But it's very, it, it's, it's a lot of people have really limiting beliefs and they just have imposter syndrome or they just don't feel they're good enough and they worry or they compare themselves to other people is quite common couple of people is where they're just stuck they mm. want to know what their next move is but they really don't know and so it's helping to work through what's important to them what values motivate them where could that be pros and cons yeah. i bet it's great when you see that light bulb moment it's isn't it? lovely I've heard people refer to that in coaching before when people just suddenly it's like something just refer flips over in their brain and they suddenly get why they've spent however long talking yeah, to you. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's really nice when, you know, someone could start a session off quite low mm. and c- sometimes quite emotional about something going on. And by the end of the session, they're really, like, up for it and positive. And, t- and in coaching, you use scales a lot, like on a scale of mm. 1 to 10. So mm. you kind of gauge it at the beginning and then saying, where would you put yourself now? And it's so nice when they'll be like, 10 out of 10. And even sometimes as a coach, you end a session and think, did did that work and you'll be like how did you find it and they will reply like unbelievable that was amazing you that I feel so much better I know exactly what I'm going to do I've I've had one coaching session in my life and that was as part of the I did the Yamex Leeds common purpose course thing and admittedly my coaching session was on the last morning so we'd been out the night before I'd got (laughs) in about 4am and I'd taken loads of Another another drink story here, just for <laughs> welcome so to the Do More Good podcast. <laughs> I've taken loads of photos of the night out and, and hashtag them all with the... <laughs> oh, God. So, um, <laughs> so a few of the boys went out and uh, a few of the boys had gone out for the night and, and I'd, I'd hashtag them. Rather than Amex leads, I'd gone with Amex lads <laughs> of the night out. Oh, brilliant. And the, the, mo- the nine o'clock session on the, mo- on the next day, on the Friday morning, was all about personal brand. And I, I sh- 
basically crawled into the room the next day and sat to the side and couldn't tell why everybody was kind of pointing at me and laughing and wait. You know, we were all quite you know we were all quite good mates by the fourth day of that session. And then I looked at the screen and essentially we were discussing personal brand and it was my Twitter feed with loads of photos. So I was in a vulnerable place that morning. <laughs> and then you had your coaching session. And then I had a coaching session. <laughs> and it was genuinely uh, transformational for me. I, I, similar to, as you were saying, I went into that a broken, <laughs> hungover mess. Yes. And they identified things that I could change and, and uh, the way that I was looking at things and came out of it completely differently. Mm. And then I met Kenneth for lunch and agreed to do a podcast. And ah. it just went completely back downhill. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was an amazing yeah, session. I've had, yeah. some, really good. I've had some positive experiences from it as well. I mean, it's, it's funny when you say that. So I had a, a friend who was, I think, in a similar position to you. It wasn't a friend. It was a friend of a friend who was going through and needed to find someone to do some pro bono work to kind of get it. And I had probably six sessions with him. And I know he's really successful at it now and has kind of grown his grown his business and in it I wouldn't necessarily say it was transformational for me I think it certainly made me you can't improve on stuff. perfection can you Kenny <laughs> <laughs> exactly but there's, there's different types isn't there and yeah. I guess that you know you can you just talk a little bit more about the different types of coaching that you've seen I mean obviously you're a transformational coach what exactly does that mean and what are the other and types? it doesn't always have to be transformational so okay. some coaches are quite practical and mm. it will be solutions focused coaching there will be some coaches that might specialize in a specific type of person like I don't know female weightlifters like and tr- the transformational bit coaching at its most basic is using neutral open unleading questions to get you to think of things that's at its most basic level the transformational side of what i'm my diploma is the cognitive side so the way you think the way we the limiting beliefs that hold you back the dynamics between different people and which role are you playing which role are they playing what have you switched that round kind of thing it it digs way beneath the surface mm. rather than just looking at the problem and it's not counseling so it doesn't look backwards at the root cause of something but it just gets people i describe it as i i go under the bonnet someone will say i've got a problem with my fan belt and i will end up we'll end up looking at like i don't know the water cooler if that's the thing in a car and the nut and the bolt next to it that holds it together um i kind of go quite quite underneath it Mm. and that can be transformational because people will learn something about themselves that they didn't realize Mm. and then they they can challenge a belief that they might have been carrying with them for 20 or 30 years because of something that started at school Mm. that they weren't good enough or shouldn't speak up or and begin to find tools and different ways of thinking to overcome those and then some of my sessions aren't transformational at all they're just helping someone right now who might be really overwhelmed Mm. or might have a very practical work problem that they just want to talk through and get out the different options of so it can really and you never know that's the beauty of a coaching session you start off at a thinking you're going to end up at z and you just go all over the shop and end up on a different alphabet altogether And have you noticed that with yourself as well? So presumably you're running these coaching sessions and you're talking to other people about their experiences. Have you noticed, has it been, you've found development within yourself as well whilst doing that? The more developments come from me is through doing the diploma, Mm. you, each time you're introduced to a new element of it, you go through that yourself and you break off into coaching partners. So you learn about yourself that way. And I've been having a coach through work, and that's been really transformational for me. And I suppose I kind of observe him with a coach hat on sometimes. So is that organised by Battersea or organised... 
Yeah, so that's been... Well, um, it's just my director really strongly believes in coaching and she she has experience with this really amazing coach and so has... I've been lucky enough to be able to have some sessions with him and and it's been it's really really great and then in my coaching with people I think the challenge is actually trying to hold myself out of the space yeah okay yeah yeah. Yeah. and and because otherwise I'm presuming things based Mm. on my own experience Mm. and that's not what I want to do and in your experience what does it look like in terms of do people have coaching ongoing or do they tend to come to a coach for a as you say, to kind of discuss a specific problem or a specific barrier or a specific issue, or uh, uh, what, what does it what does it typically look like? And I'm, maybe there isn't a typical view of what it looks like. Um, the, I guess there isn't a typical, but coaching shouldn't be something that goes on forever Ongoing. and ever okay. and ever because hopefully, p- otherwise, people aren't progressing. Yep. So I guess it's just up to that individual. If they have a very fixed thing they want to work on and they progress through it, fantastic. And then they might come back another time in their life when they think I could do with that again. Um, or there might be someone who it really does work for and keeps it going ongoing. So mm. it's it's variable, but it shouldn't it shouldn't be something that someone's dependent on and comes if they're coming back and back and back and back, they're not progressing through the things unless they've got you're a trying to work them through a problem. Yeah, you solve that problem, they move on to the next rung in their career ladder as you've done. And yeah, or or, the, or they might carry on with other problems. I, I do blocks, so I tend to do blocks of five with people. Right, it's okay. up to them how much they spread that out. Okay. So therefore, it, if they did one a month, that's five months, or they could do one every two weeks. Mm. Um, so it really, really varies. And just coming back to the sector a little bit more, do you, do you feel that the sector is crying out for more coaching? Because I guess coaching, if you look at the kind of general consensus, it's probably heard a little bit more in the private, you know, in the corporate world. It's, but only now, over the last couple of years, it seems to be dripping through into the, the charity sector. Would that be Big your... Big ex- female weightlifting at the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big. Would that be your experience? Well, all throughout my career, I've, I have been exposed to coaching in different ways. So mm. I've had coaching training, done things like, um, I can't think what the, word, what the word is for it, but it's basically where you become a group that coaches each other. It's got a specific term that doesn't come to mind. I've been in coaching situations quite a lot, but never understood the value of it. Right. I always thought it was, I need to ask you open questions to get you to say the thing that I... I want you to say, and that's not it at all. It was actually coaching training at Battersea, a two-day thing, went on it, penny dropped, and I just, it's like a magic, it's like being given a magic tool because your conversations with people are so much more productive. Had you been to Lucky Voice in Soho the night before? Because I feel like that is the trigger (laughs) for a really good coaching session the next day. Is that where you were? were. (laughs) 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 Luckily, we didn't have any recording device there. That was... (laughs) It, it just transforms the way, the way a conversation can go, like mm. a, like a magic trick. It's so I will very consciously say to my line reports, "Should we coach through this?" Mm. And they'll be like, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." And it just brings out. A, a they must be loving this, mustn't they? To have mm, a coach. Some on. of them are really, really, really loving it, and I even have been sharing my coaching tools and stuff that I'm learning with them because wow. I want. I'd love a coaching culture in public fundraising it'd be lovely so you sometimes will have a conversation with one of your direct reports and you will say shall we move this into a coaching conversation yeah or a manager employee conversation yeah because sometimes if if i'm consciously 
if I'm consciously coaching and I want to do it the other way, if yeah. I really think I know the answer to something, <laughs> I will say, this isn't coaching, but do you want to know how I've done it previously or something? Okay. And I wouldn't do that with a coaching client, but okay. in the workplace, you can switch between a coach, a mentor, a counsellor, but not counsellor, mm. not a formal counsellor, mm. and, a, and a leader. You, you've got lots of hats to so I like to tell them what hat I'm wearing. Yeah, that makes sense. Or a badge or something like <laughs> yeah. that. You could get like one Hold a sign. Like, yeah, a sign. That would be good. Um, so if there's someone listening to this who's thinking, you know, they like what, you, like what you're talking about, maybe they've heard about coaching but not sure where to go, where to start, what it could help them with, what advice would you give to them? So you can look online and just in general about what different coaching is. If you wanted to find a coach, you can look. So if you were looking for me, you'd, at the moment, you'd find me on LinkedIn. Um, eventually, you'll find me on a website. <laughs> um, and the way I found my life coach was I Googled life coach in, in my local area. And it kind of, she was registered on a coaching register, I suppose. And right. I kind of somehow picked her name out, had a call. So it's really good. I will always talk to someone 20 minutes or half an hour before they even think about coming to me for sessions because yeah. you have to have you have to click with that person and feel a synergy or it just wouldn't work yeah so yeah i would say you just look look for a local one or or look mm. on linkedin or ask people who you might know who have coaches mm. and speak to speak to a coach and and see if you get the feeling for it and see if you get the vibe and ask your work to pay for it really do you, yeah. do you don't think that enough works do pay for it at the moment? I think it's a bit mixed. I think people really? are hesitant to ask, yeah. Okay. And some places have coaching coaches in their workplace, mm. but I've got a mix. I've got some people whose work pay for it and some people who pay for it themselves, and I charge less to an individual because cause I know people really want it, but yeah. if you, I don't want to charge. I feel bad if it costs a fortune because yeah. it's really good. Not Thanks that so. I'm really good. Coaching's good. I, I am good. I actually had a coaching <laughs> session this morning. Did you? Kept that quiet. Yeah. So we have an internal... I thought you were looking relaxed and <laughs> confident about yourself. Clear, driven. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have an internal <laughs> coach, a lady called Flora, who came in probably three or four months ago, actually. A lady called Flora, who works at the London Marathon. I know, that's a little bit weird, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone said that joke yet. I'll make sure I mention it to her tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sure she hasn't um, heard that one before. But she's, she's really good. And, and, you know, initially, most of the kind of middle managers and stuff were kind of giving a few sessions. And, and, and it's kind of stayed around. And so she's available to... And it, and it just helps. I mean, everything kind of you talked about. If you've got a problem that you want to discuss with someone who's going to not give you, you know, the answers and, and let you explore it yourself and maybe suggest you... And I mean, just some of the questions she asked you, like, how did, where did that come from? Like, yeah. You know, it's, it kind yeah. of bamboozles you a little bit because you... Yeah. It, w- it wouldn't come, but it certainly it certainly helps and is of benefit. So. And it's because no one has bandwidth. So we're all on our phones. We've got emails coming at us. Mm. I'm in meetings all day long. Mm. Then you're really tired and you go to the gym or whatever. Mm. What coaching provides is, for me, it's 90 minutes, but 60 minutes, 90 minutes, which yeah. is just a space for you. Like Everything else is parked at the door. Yeah. And it's all about you. When do you ever sit and do that? People just don't. You And it's really hard to do it on your own because you're just going around with your own thoughts. Yeah, well, we spoke about it on the last podcast, actually. So we recorded a podcast in here with Marie Curie about their podcast um, on the Marie Curie couch, to get the name right, because I didn't say it right on the podcast last time. 
but we were saying to them about you know their their, their conversation or their podcast is all about um, conversations with famous people who are, you know and how their experience of end of life whether they've had someone pass away or whatever and the the podcast to listen to it, I mean it's with a counselor and but just to listen to it it's so mesmerising and it's it's I mean it's, it's fabulous in terms of how it comes together but as we were talking to them about it it was. You know, how often do you sit down here and just have a conversation like in this format mm-hmm. where you're just talking quite openly with, you know, two people and certainly needs to be more of that. And I guess coaching is a perfect example yeah. of that and space no to actually phones. have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, and we haven't been touching our mobile phones, have we, James? <laughs> no. <laughs> so if someone wants to find you and reach out to you, they can find you on LinkedIn. So you can search for me on LinkedIn, Joe Stone, or okay. my coaching company is Stepping Stones Coaching. Like what you've done ah. there? Ah. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Flora at London Marin needs to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they can email me at steppingstones.coaching.joe at gmail.com. Very catchy. Perfect. Short email there. Well, Joe, look, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that. I'm, sh- I'm sure people will find it useful. I know it's certainly, I feel like I've taken a few things away from that. And we'll certainly have a look at that, that course and see what that's all it's about. Really it's really good. It's, it's amazing. Sounds, yeah, it sounds really fantastic. So, hit with any, the big three. Yeah, do you have any more questions or should we go for the big three? I think the big three. Yeah? yeah. Okay. You've listened to an episode before. You know what's coming. <laughs> um it's quick fire. It's quick, it's fire. quick, uh, it's quick, quick fire. We don't, yeah. we don't have a little. Well, no, no one told you Brayshaw it was quick fire, did they? No, an hour and a half. He took his time, didn't he? he took his time. <laughs> oh, I think I heard that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like that at work. He's, he's still here. <laughs> <laughs> so, question number one: mm. <clears throat> If you could transport back in time and meet your twenty-year-old self, what piece of advice would you give her? <laughs> don't get married. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. That was part of my path. It was fine. Um, I, I would say... <laughs> that was what I part of the path. Is oh, part no, I am right. who I am as a result <laughs> of my experiences. <laughs> and my husband was all right. <laughs> um, I, would say, I would say look at coaching uh-huh. <laughs> earlier on. Yep. Um, I would say that you don't have to go down this linear path. Always have your eyes wide open and yeah. I would also say experience life because it wasn't till I got divorced five years ago that I ride a motorbike I've traveled to numerous countries I've ridden to Croatia and back on my bike I've done a photography course a coaching course that's all in the last five years so uh, I would say do that amazing. from the age of 20 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> get out and cool. do it that sounds that sounds cool okay question number two can you tell us about uh, maybe a life hack or a productivity tool a habit or a skill that you've taught yourself recently that you think everybody needs to know about and it can't be coaching. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll give you two. Ooh, two. Life hacks, but really minor ones. So one, one if you, people might know this. <laughs> if you're going to get petrol in your car and you look at the petrol gauge, there's uh, a little the triangle, yeah, yeah, on the arrow, oh, which tells yeah. you what side. Yeah. I've been driving my car for five years and still look at it every time. Yeah. Oh, and here's my biggest life hack I've just learned. Can't be bigger than that. No, it's really good. Anything that you screw or unscrew, from a screw to your petrol cap to anything, lefty loosey, righty tighty. Uh, Nice. Nice. I I literally use that nearly every day. That's clever. That's maybe two of my favourite life (laughs) hacks. It's brilliant. Yeah. Lefty righty, no, lefty loosey, righty loosey, righty tighty. Yeah. Okay. On everything. I'll have to write that on my hand. Uh, <laughs> final question. We are, this is good. This is quick fire. I like this. <laughs> uh, as a podcast that is focused around people doing more good, what's your favourite story or inspiring individual? 
that you've met on your journey that has done something good for others? Um, a very a friend of mine who very sadly lost her baby, and her and her husband took that journey and set up a charity. Uh, she puts herself out there, broadcasts, podcasts, and it's it's so. Ins- I don't think she would think she was inspiring, but I. It's so inspiring how someone took probably the worst thing that can happen to you. What's the name of her charity? Can you give them a shout out? Teddy's Wish. Teddy's Wish. Yeah, for children affected um, by stillbirth and and um, yeah. cot death, and oh. it's that that is really inspiring to me. That's lovely. Cool. Well, we haven't done a swear jar for a while. We used to we used to do a swear jar. We make a do- we'll make a donation to Teddy's Wish. Yay! Yeah, coming on. Do that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> do that. Absolutely. Well, look. Thank you so much, Joe. I think we can probably wrap it up there. Have you got any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to share with our audience before you depart? Coaching's transformational. It doesn't have to be with me, but honestly, it just helps. <laughs> give it a go. Yeah, We've give it a go. That. It's worth it. Right. We Good. all have to lucky voice. <laughs> <laughs> What was it? Amex lads? <laughs> Love it. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Cheers, mate. Thank Bye. you. Bye. So, James, just wrapped up another fantastic episode, if I don't say so myself. How did you find it? It's all right, wasn't it? <laughs> if anyone wants to kind of follow up and actually enjoy this thing, where can they find us? Well, we're on Twitter, Kenneth. At Do More Good Pod. Instagram. At Do More Good Pod. Have we gone multi-channel and even gone to YouTube? We have, but you can find all those videos on the website domoregood.uk. And if you want to contact us by email, please use contact at domoregood.uk. 